street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Hey there. Going pretty good. Do you have time for an interview? An interview? Mm-hmm. What's it about? I'm practicing street epistemology. What is that? Yeah, it's a weird word. Yes, it is. Street just kind of means going on the street and asking people to stop and, and question why they think something is true and how they're so sure. Cool. Um, but it doesn't normally happen that way. Usually it's sort of like you're with friends and family, somebody yeah. makes a claim, and you're like, hmm, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Is that true? And then you can engage with them to see. Like if they say they think ghosts are real, yeah, yeah, it could be like, well, what do you mean by ghosts? Why do you think ghosts are real? How did you cool. determine that that reason justifies being so sure? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I try to encourage the person to pick the topic. Mm-hmm. So like, if you don't think ghosts are real, I'd rather not talk about it. Right, right. But if you really think something else is true and you behave differently because of it, mm. it could be a really fun exercise to be a mirror to your views. Yeah. And respectfully challenge how you're so sure that it's real. Ooh. Do you want to do a short, like, four-minute interview? Four minutes? Oh, gosh. Okay, sure. <laughs> Can we stand in the shade a little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have a camera up there to record if that's oh, okay yeah. with that. that's fine. What's your first name? Sydney. It's very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. My name you. is Anthony. Nice to meet you. All right, I'm going to just jot down your name. S-I? S-Y-D-N-E-E. Sydney. Yes. Great. My name is Anthony, and you're okay if I record? Yeah. Okay. At the end, if you're uncomfortable with it, let me know. I won't use it. Okay. I'll give you a card. Cool. Um, I'll actually also give you something else. At the end of the conversation, I want to offer you one of these three pieces as a gift. Cool. To perhaps incentivize you to come back for the other two. Hmm. Okay. Because it's, it's not hard for me to get somebody to stop and do one short talk. Right, right, right. What I'm looking for this semester is mm-hmm. to do multiple conversations, preferably on the same topic, right. where we can track your progress of your certainty over time. Mm. Because I will ask pretty challenging questions. Right. So even if you're absolutely, no, listen, nervous. I know that this is true. There's yeah. no question in my mind. I'm 100% yeah, yeah. sure. We literally could have three conversations and you may completely abandon that view. Mm. That sounds fun. That sounds <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people are a little intimidated at that possibility. I, no, I definitely, it's a little nerve wracking, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm completely willing to move at whatever speed, pace you're comfortable doing. Cool. So if we, if I ask three questions, you're like, D- you know, I'm just not comfortable with this. Let me know. We'll end it. Okay. There's no obligation. Sounds cool. For this interview or the other two, whatever. Cool. Just be blunt. Be honest. Okay. And if you don't know how to answer something, say, I need some time to think about it. It's completely okay. fine. Um, Do does you, it matter the topic? In a way, it does. Okay. In that, if you let's say you want to talk about recycling and you think mm-hmm. paper bags are better than plastic, yeah. but you don't really care one way or the other. Okay, so then it has to be something I care about. Ideally, okay. or something that you think is true. Okay, cool. It could also be something that maybe you've been questioning, you've been puzzling about a little bit. You've been like, you know, I've always been told this is true. I've always yeah. thought it, and now that I'm here at school, I'm starting to take another look at things. We okay. can take something like that too. Okay, cool. Um, so I think that gender is not binary. Aha. I've always been wanting to do this talk. I don't think I've ever done this topic. Cool. Okay. Your view is gender is not a yes, no. It's not male, female. It's not a zero or a one. Correct. Okay. I'm going to jot that down. If it's not binary, Mm -hmm. what is it? Um, I think that it's like 
fluid. Um, I kind of have two takes on it. So one is that people can fluctuate between masculine and feminine and that it shouldn't really have a title. Mm -hmm. But I think that the second part is that some people prefer a title and hmm. the title doesn't really matter. Before we go any further, are there any particular pronouns that I should be aware of? So I use she, her pronouns. I use he, him. Okay, cool. Okay. A lot of people don't agree with your stance. Mm -hmm. What would you say if someone said, you know, I don't think that that's true, you right. do, why do you actually think that that's the case? Yeah. What reason would you give for thinking that that's the case? Um, and then maybe we can actually revisit your claim a little bit too if I'm confused, yeah, but I yeah. think I get it. Yeah. Um, so two things. One, I think that gender and sex gets misconstrued. So I do see sex as male, female. Um, but I don't see gender because I think gender is more of like a socially constructed topic. And then secondly, I feel like gender isn't binary because I, since it is a socially constructed topic, it's up to the person as to how they see themselves. And okay. it's not up to us as to how we see them. I got you. In your view, gender is a social construct. Mm -hmm. And because of it, because it is, in mm -hmm. your view, then uh, people can identify as whatever gender they want. What would be an equivalent social construct, mm. you know, equivalent to gender? Right. Like, what are we talking about? Can you think of um, something similar? So kind of like introvert, extrovert. That would be the first thing that comes to my mind. Mm. Is saying like, um, I may see someone as an introvert, but they may see themselves as an extrovert. And it's not up to me. And people kind of fluctuate on that spectrum okay. to where they're not they might not necessarily be 100% introvert or 100% extrovert. Just like some people may not feel 100% feminine or 100% masculine. Okay. So let's say you have a best friend mm -hmm. and I'm going to go with they. Okay. They think that they're an introvert. Mm -hmm. Yet every time you run into them, they're dancing around, yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're parading around in very flashy clothing, and yeah, they're the yeah. first one to raise their hand when the teacher asks them a question. Right. All of their actions seem to indicate mm -hmm. that they're an extrovert. Right. Yet they identify as an introvert. Yeah. If, if that person asked you how you classify them, right. how would you respond? Yeah. I mean, I think being honest with what I would probably respond is like, yeah, I see you as an extrovert. Hmm. But at the end of the day, like if they tell me that they're an introvert, I have no right to say like, no, you're not, because that's their lived experience. And like, hmm. at the end of the day, that's how they take in the world. And like, when they go home and they're by themselves, mm -hmm. like, you don't know what signs they need to be showing of being an introvert. Hmm. Okay, so I, what I think I hear you saying, mm -hmm. I forgot to set the timer for four minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> we can cut it at any time. Yeah, you're good. What I think I hear you saying is that I'm so sorry. even if it's my experience that this person is an extrovert, mm -hmm. like by every sense of their action, yeah. they're always ext extroverting. Right, right, right. <laughs> is that a word? <clears throat> and yet, if they say, listen, I'm an introvert, mm -hmm. and I would, I, I would respectfully ask that you identify me as such. Right. You would respect their wishes. Yes. Even if you really thought that they were extroverted. Yes. I think that sometimes it's a process mm. in respecting that and like showing that to them. But I think mm. that it's just the intent of trying to do so. So like mm. I might, let's say like I'm the teacher and they tell me that. I might still like look to them to answer questions at first, but if they're saying like, oh, I only do that because, like I only answer questions first because no one else spoke, 
then that makes huh. it different. You know what I mean? Like you don't really know the reason why people are asking sure, sure. one way or another. And if your intention is just to respect what they yeah. would, like how they wish that you would treat them, yeah. then like that aids in the process. I follow you. That person dancing around the courtyard, we may interpret that as extroversion, right. but an, that might be the way that an introvert acts when they're nervous in public right. or something, right? right. Like, I, yeah, okay. So from what I understand, when it comes to social constructs, mm -hmm. whatever a person thinks is the case goes. Yes. Are you saying that? For the most part, I think there are some things. Is there any limit to that? Yes. Tell me about so, it. So like race, for me, race is a social construct because races as well yes because how do i put this you're taught to like classify things like classify people classify objects so like race was used as like a classification in order to push like an agenda so like way back when people weren't like oh they're black they're white they're brown like people were just people a long long time ago how long ago were we talking about mm. and where mm. that's a good question okay so like early, early, early in Europe. There used to be the Moors, right? And the Moors were black Europeans, but they weren't called black because there wasn't like a, like a social stratification between the two. It was just like, this is an ethnicity almost. Are you saying that they didn't look at color, they just looked at where you came from? No, I'm saying they looked at where you came from, they somewhat looked at color, but it wasn't classified as race of like, so like, let's say you were a Moor in Europe you were called a more, but if you were black in another country, you were called something else. You yeah. know what I mean? So it wasn't based on just skin color. It was based on country of origin, things like that. So for me now, like let's say you see an African-American born in America and you see an African born in Africa, they're both black. Or you see a Mexican-American who appears very dark and uh -huh. black passing, okay. they're considered black. I think what I hear you saying is that the, what we would call race, mm -hmm is changing over time. Right. And I think that that, but I also think that that's something, even though it's created, like it's a social construct, that's something that is not necessarily as fluid. So there's Not as fluid as gender? As gender, right. So like- How is it different? So let's say for, Like for certain minority groups, like you can be black, you can be mixed, you can be um, of like Latin descent, but you can be white passing. So appear as white in public and people perceive mm. you as white. Mm. So even though you may identify, um, please, if you, even though you may identify as like being of Latin descent, people may identify you as white. And so that's where it's like, yes, you get to stand confident in like your lived experience so like okay. that person i would still identify as like of latin descent if that's what they told mm. me that they were mm -hmm. but at the same time they don't get to choose the next day like oh, okay now i'm black like for today there's um less fluidity when it comes to race as opposed to gender right just because of like mm. perception and you know what as i'm talking i'm like hmm not really because i just feel like with gender um there's fluidity in how you express it. So like even mm. even if I identify like as a cisgendered woman, tomorrow I can dress in all male clothing and still feel like a cisgendered woman. But if I identify as black right now mm -hmm. and I come in here tomorrow with what would be like traditional Mexican attire, mm. I'm not gonna identify as Mex as Mexican. Like I'm gonna stay true to like my identity the same way I do in gender. 
you're saying that you're incapable of doing that. Right. Could there be an individual who, I'm wondering about myself actually right. now. Like, I think if you were to ask me how I identify myself, I would say I'm a middle-aged Caucasian American of Italian and German and Polish descent mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think what you're saying is that I couldn't show up tomorrow and identify as a Hispanic. But I think that is that what you're saying, or could I? No, no, is is I, it fluid enough where I actually could do that if I, I, I think, if I thought that it was true? Right, and I think the question that like you raised about relating it to gender was interesting to me because I thought of them as separate things, but at the end of the day, like with both of them, I feel like while identity throughout your lifetime is like being developed, at the same time it doesn't usually fluctuate day to day. So like I said, even if I like I identify with, are you talking about gender still? Is gen gender and race? So gender like, and race maybe doesn't fluctuate as much as you once thought that it did prior to the talk. Um, more so like gender and race aren't as different in concept as what I've perceived before. Okay. So saying like if I see myself like as a cisgendered black woman today, no matter how I'm perceived outside or how I dress tomorrow, I'm still gonna feel that way. Let's say even if you show up tomorrow in a traditional female Mexican garment. Mm -hmm. you are still going to perceive yourself the way that you did today. Could I wear the exact same attire that I'm mm -hmm. wearing today? Can mm -hmm. I wear that tomorrow and identify as a female Hispanic? I think if something changed in like, in event, so like, let's say tonight you talk to a let's, parent. Let's or say I watched a really powerful documentary on their struggle and it really resonated with me. Yeah. Would you accept my my stance and, and identify? Would you be willing to agree with me that? See, and that's where I think I my initial thought about race and gender were a little bit like separate in saying that mm. in gender, and maybe this is just because of my perception on race and gender, but if gender you came in tomorrow and said like, hey, I, I identify as a woman and I prefer she, her pronouns, I'd be like, okay. You'd roll with it. Right, right, right. But if it were like, hey, you know, I have Italian, German, and Polish descent, but I identify as Mexican today. Uh -huh. I think there would be more thought behind like, okay, well then mm. how do you identify with that if that's not in your background, if you don't have a connection to the culture, like, you know? What I think I hear you saying is that if I were to disclose to you that my, I am I, now a different gender, I'm mm -hmm. self-identifying as a, as a female. Right. Tomorrow, you'd roll with it. Right. If I said I'm a Hispanic female mm -hmm. tomorrow, you wouldn't as readily accept the claim. I don't think so. And I mm. think that that's a lot because of mm, the fact that race is like so visible in saying that like, not ethnicity, but like race. So saying like, Distinctions? Right, so like, as Characteristics? As, yes, so hmm. if, and that's even the distinction between like within minority groups is that there's all like black people of all backgrounds. Some are white passing, some are more black passing. So like they may look more white or more black um, and that affects how they're gonna go through the world. So like hmm. people have the connection of saying like we're both black but then also there's a lot of judgment over like, well, you don't look black, mm. so how does that, you know? And I think that that's kind of where okay. my difference between race and gender comes in. Yeah, so I think we actually been talking for a while and yeah, I yeah. love the talk. No, it's no, no. freaking awesome. <laughs> but I do think it could be healthy if we ended it so we could both yeah. process it and maybe right. come back for a second talk. Cool. And if, if we can pick it up again, yeah. and I'd love you to pick one of these two, one of these three colors, mm. whichever one you want, okay? The idea here is that maybe we can pick it up again and yeah. talk about 
these different the difference between gender and race yeah. and why it seems like you have two different parameters yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. when deciding what is acceptable and what is not. Cool. That cool. was fantastic. Thanks. Let me give you a card too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have any questions for me? No. Thanks so much, Anthony. I appreciate it. I'm really glad that you stopped. Me too. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.